0: One one one. Pick up. Kettle scowled after the retreating noble. What an arsehole! Thinks he's so fancy with his stupid gold trim. Jax laughed. A noble like him doesn't need money. Not like us starving bronzes. Makes sense. He wouldn't be interested, since he said he doesn't need the experience either. Shouldn't have gotten your ropes up, pup. Don't call me pup, Kettle snapped, glaring at the scarred man. I'll call you what you are, pup, Jack grinned, running a bare hand along the edge of the axe he'd been sharpening. But if you don't like it, do something about it. Kettle cringed as the blood from the wound flowed unnaturally to coat the jagged blade in a layer of red. Jax licked his palm, blood staining his chin, then slipped the axe back through a loop in his belt, and drew another one, of the same type, from his opposite hip. Oh, please, said Maharia, from where she was seated on a barrel, staff across her knees as she kicked her feet. I'm getting bored. No fighting, said Stone Shield. Save your mana for the monsters. Stone Shield was a bronze plate warrior of the traditional variety, using both a sword and a shield. He liked telling people what to do, and for all that nobody wanted him as a leader, also his shield wasn't even made of stone. Why call yourself Stone Shield if your shield's made of wood, dumb shit? Quiet, Dad. Maharia said. Cat snorted and looked away. Jax ain't worth me time. He's just trying to get me goat, and Stone Shield might be a bossy git, but he's right. There are monsters that need burning more than some. Arsehole, blood mage, axe murderer, or whatever that depths Jax is supposed to be. Can we go already? said Elmwood. We'll be fine with six. Elmwood was a nature mage, and he was clearly taking pains to look the part. His youthful face bore an unkempt old man beard, and he had hair that a bird would have been happy to call home. He described himself as a utility caster, and supposedly he could summon a tree spirit, though he was refusing to demonstrate. And... "'What happens when you're out of manor, Bushface?' said Mindy Blades. She was their final member, a dual wielder like Jack's, obviously from her name, even if you miss the pair of short swords strapped to her hips. She was also the closest to his own age, a year or two older at most. "'It will be fine, Mindy,' said Elmwood. "'And don't call me Bushface.' "'Mindy Blades?' she corrected him. I'll stop calling you Bushface when you get it right. Or shave. Damn it fine, said Stone Shield. He muttered something under his breath, then continued in a louder voice. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Jax and I are the battle line. Plus the Ent if we need it to turtle for us. Elmwood, Kettle, and Maharia are in the back throwing spells. And Mindy Bleeds is in charge of making sure nothing sneaks around and guts them. Everyone fine with that? Kettle shrugged. It sounded reasonable. The man did have more experience than he did with this kind of thing, and just going with his plan was easier than trying to propose one of his own. This was only Kettle's second experience in a party, after all. I just wish Rain weren't famous. He'd be a better leader than this bossy git. But the Watch would never let him go out alone. They'd come with him. And then they'd claim all our loot. Six-way split is bad enough. Good, Stone Shield said. No, I propose we start at the Guild Square. There's nothing left there, said Jax. I should know. He juggled his axe into his elbow and raised his hands, showing them the rings adorning his bloody fingers. "'Raided the Haven Hild outfitter myself,' Maria snorted. "'And you went for stat rings, really?' "'Piss off,' Jack said. "'I ain't got much manner, and I'm bloody broke. "'You think I can afford to keep fancy equipment charged? "'Plus, I wasn't the only one, and I wasn't "'gonna start a fight over something I don't need.' "'I've got an idea.' Kettle said, interrupting Maharia's reply. Oh, cute, said Mindy Blades. The pup's got an idea. Stuff your hole, Kettle said, not even looking at her. It was Stone Shield that he needed to convince. So, you know the night cleaner, yeah? I was talking to him a few days ago. We're friends, me and him. And he said that he thinks Rankin's been stealing tell and shit from the guild. Said he thinks he's been stashing it somewhere. I'm thinking we'd find his house and see if rain were right. I'd believe it, said Elmwood. Rankin's an arse. Halgrave was much better at the job. Hmm, Maharia said, as if unconvinced. Kettle looked at her, raising an eyebrow. Ain't Halgrave her dar? She's got some problem with him. And I know where Rankin's house is, I think said Mindy Blades. It's not that far from the guild. We can start at the guild square to make sure that it's really been picked over, then head there next. Sounds good, Maria said, hopping off the barrel and thumping her staff against it loudly. She gestured to Stoneshield. Let's go, after you, old man. Who are you calling old, said Stoneshield. I'm 24. How old are you? None of your god's damned business, Maria said. Older then, Jack said, laughing. Sure don't act like it. The group moved cautiously down the street that led to the Guild Square, weaving around the occasional chest high mushroom that had erupted through the crumbling cobblestones. It was daytime, and they had yet to run into any resistance the monsters preferring to stay within the ruins of houses and shops, rather than roam the streets. They were still within sight of the barricade, in fact. The Watch had let them through grudgingly, warning them that they were going to be on their own, and insisting that they not cross the river. That was a request that they planned on ignoring, as their second destination was on the other side. Kettle was reviewing everything he knew about awakened combat as they walked, In addition to his own experience, he'd picked up a few snippets at the guild, as well as enduring Rain's monologue on skill selection. On a mission like this, mages like him were the reserve. They were only supposed to use their magic to attack if it looked like the warriors would be overwhelmed. It all came down to efficiency. It only took, like, a point of stamina to swing a sword a dozen times. But a single fireball cost ten mana. Once a mage had exhausted their reserves, they were done. Usually for at least a day unless you were some sort of mana freak like rain. In Kettle's case, with only two spells and no metamagic, the mats wasn't unapproachable. It was just adding and counting. All you had to do was start with the cost of the spell, then keep adding it to itself until you got to your maximum mana, counting how many times it took that got you how many times you could cast the spell both of his abilities needed 10 mana per cast and he had 800 mana so that was 80 shots he was pretty sure that he had that right even though he'd never tested it in practice the headache got so bad that he had to stop well before he got to that point he'd been resting for the past three days to let his pool refill and he was actually at full for the first time since he'd cast his very first firebolt. He could have recovered all of that mana in a single night, probably, if he'd been willing to subject himself to Rain's aura. He shivered. It's just so damn unsettling, being cold without being cold. He knew he'd eventually have to get used to it, if he was going to travel with Rain, but he just... Couldn't see the point to regaining mana that fast. Twenty shots in a row left him feeling like he wanted to to die. Spreading it out over a day helped, which he hoped he'd be able to do here. Worst case, he still had eighty shots. A headache wasn't going to stop him from throwing fire if he needed it to save his life. He'd do his best to conserve his mana nevertheless. After he got the first kill, of course. Kettle glanced at Maharia. I wonder how many shots she's got. Probably no more'n me. Rumour is she ain't got no class neither. He shifted his gaze to Elmwood. This guy, though, no idea. What's a nature mage even do? Movement ahead, Stone Shield said. Just some slimes. Mine, shouted Maharia. There was a blue flash, then a spike of ice flew over Stone Shield's shoulder. It struck one of the slimes, piercing straight through it and smashing into the ground on the other side with a sound like shattering glass. A bell chimed in Kettle's head, accompanied by burning words. Your group has defeated slime. Contribution, one in one hundred. Experience, none. Yeah, perfect shot, Maharia shouted. She had her staff in a two-hand grip over her shoulder, one end pointing at the unfortunate slime. First kill, Kettle frowned. Damn it, she beat me to it. Does that staff help her aim or something? Should I get me one? He returned his attention to the burning message. Contribution one in one hundred? For what? Moral support? There were two more flashes in rapid succession and two more slimes met their ends pierced in exactly the same manner. It's just slimes. Save your manner, idiot, said Jax. Ugh, foul things, Stone Shield said. He raised his sword and advanced, shield leading. I could summon my ent, said Elmwood. Save that too, said Jax. We aren't gonna get very far if we're afraid of a little mess. Kettle watched as Stone Shield and Jax tore into the slimes. There were only four left, and it was over in seconds. The only damage taken by the party was to their noses. Me contribution still one in one hundred for all of them, even though I did fuck all. What's that? We're not going to try sifting through them, are we? Elmwood asked, following after the warriors. Kettle joined him, deliberately walking around the spreading ooze. The slime's acid would still be active. And he wasn't about to ruin his boots; They were new. Forget it, said Stone Shield. Not worth the effort. And I hear these things aren't dropping tell anyway. Besides, I left my colander at home, Kettle laughed. That ain't a bad idea, actually. Beats how I used to do them. How did you used to do it? Asked Mindy Blades. Greased myself up and just went out them stalkers. What? said Maharia. Her head whipped around as she turned it to stare at him, revulsion and disbelief warring on her face. Tell me you're kidding. I ain't, Kettle said, laughing at her reaction. Fancy girl like her's probably never been dirty a day in her life. Trick is, in keeping your mouth shut. "'Made that mistake before!' "'You're serious?' said Elmwood. Kettle grinned at him. "'By gods, you are serious!' Elmwood looked queasy as he stared at Kettle. "'You're insane!' Jax laughed. "'The pup's got the right of it. "'I've had my clothes burnt off more times than I can count. "'Acid, fire, shit, whatever. "'It's all the same.' Skin you can wash, clothes you just replace when you're done. Now come on, I ain't got all day, Maria sniffed. She deliberately strode straight through the remains of the slimes, her boots making unpleasant squelching noises as the hem of her blue robe dragged through the ooze. Or you can get a basic chem-resist treatment from an alchemist. Honestly, I think some of you like being completely filthy. If you're hunting slimes her tail, you can't afford something like that, said Mindy Blades. Not everyone's got a mother like yours to get them started. I remember when I... Hey, you splashed me! Don't fucking talk about my mother, Maria said coldly, lowering her boot after having sent a glob of slime her way. Enough, said Stone Shield. We're moving, come on! But my cloak is... Just stop bloody talking, all of you, said Jax. About anyone's mother, your laundry, the weather, or whatever. We're here to kill things and loot shit. This ain't a morning stroll. We have a problem, Stone Shield said, darting out of the guild hall and back into the square. It doesn't want to come out. We're going to have to fight it in there if we want to go in. Damn, said Jax. That's just what I planned for today when I woke up this morning getting crushed by a building. I've old Kettle sets the whole thing on fire, said Mindy Blades. Kettle grinned. Oh, I could do that, sure, but then we'd have to wait for it to burn out. He tapped his forehead. You've got to think these things through. The point's to see if there's anything worth taking in there. Guild pays and tell, said Elmwood. That means they've got to keep plenty on hand. I vote we go for it. Someone already would have cleared out the money chest, said Stone Shield. Probably Rankin or one of the clerks. I know Rankin's already got the letters. He wouldn't have taken those and left the cash. I could use the experience either way, Stone Shield said. A stumper is worth sixteen fifty. They even split six ways that's worth the effort. The things are slow and easy to kill. Greater monster, my ass. I'm not fighting a stumper inside a building, said Mindy Blades. Getting crushed by a falling roof might be on Jax's list for today, but it's not on mine. You need to actually hit it if you want it to follow you into the light, Maharia said. If you hurt it, it will come out. Trust me, I've done this before. Here, move. She stood facing the open door to the guild's dim interior, then raised her hand. Everyone ready? She asked. She didn't even look back before she launched a spike of ice. There was a soft thump of impact, then a deep roar as Maharia calmly but quickly Backpedaled from the entrance, Kettle grinned and raised his hands as the front of the guild exploded. The gigantic mushroom man had smashed through the wall rather than try and squeeze through the door. Time a burn, you idiot mushroom. Just gotta wait for my chance. Shit, behind, Mindy Blades shouted. Kettle whirled to see a gigantic pack of rats flowing out of an alleyway. They were headed straight for them. Burning text above their health bars labelled them as Venomfang Plague Rats. They were significantly smaller than the trundlers that Kettle had fought in the fells, but they looked quite a bit faster. It was clear that they'd heard the stumpers roar and rushed out to investigate. That all me luck is just that fucking bad, he shouted, launching a firebolt at the lead rat. It would have missed had not the rats attempted dodge actually brought it into the missile's path. It screeched as its fur caught fire, and the other rats hesitated long enough for Jax to plant himself between the majors and the oncoming swarm. Don't get bit, he said, then charged. A little help over here shouted Stone Shield. The stumper roared in pain and anger, and a blast of cold wind told him that Maria was responsible. Though most of Kettle's attention was on the rats, so he couldn't pay attention to what she was doing. Roots, ten seconds, Elmwood shouted. Kettle blinked as the cobblestones beneath the rats erupted with grasping vines, clinging to anything and everything above the ground, Jax included. Damn it, Jax said, struggling against the vines with a rat hanging off his forearm, where it had sunk its teeth. He hacked into its back with his axe, severing its spine and then tossing the head away. Your group has defeated Venomfang Plague Rat, contribution one in one hundred, experience one. Shit, what am I doing? Kettle swore, then took careful aim and shot a firebolt at another of the tangled rats. It hit with a puff of flame, igniting the rat's fur but not killing it. Damn it, I need fucking magic. He fired again, then once more. The third shot did the trick. Your group has defeated Venomfang Plague Rat, contribution three in four. Experience 112, Jax roared, breaking free of the vines, which were starting to dry and crumble. He took advantage of the still-bound rats, slashing at them mercilessly. A random javelin took one in the neck, killing it instantly. What the hells? Kettle looked around and spotted Elmwood and what he saw was so distracting that he forgot about the rats for a moment. Spears were erupting from the ground surrounding the nature mage. It took him a moment to realize that they were actually trees, growing rapidly, as if they were being pushed up through the cobblestones. As Kettle watched, Elmwood pulled one from the ground and hurled it, its leaves falling away and turning brown as it flew toward the monsters. Damn it, Stone Shield roared. There was a mighty thud of impact as the Stumper's fist crashed into his shield, driving him back. Mindy Blades took the opportunity to carve an X into its back, and only then did Kettle realise she was no longer with him. The Stumper's health was already at half, and another chunk of its bar vanished as a shard of ice struck it in the cab. Dips! That's way stronger than me firebolts! Fucking pay attention! Elmwood shouted at Kettle, pointing at the rats. Kettle jumped. Damn it! He'd only looked away for a moment, but Elmwood was right. He turned back just in time to see a rat lunging for his leg. Instinctively, he used flame strike. Feet counted as melee weapons as far as the spell was concerned. And his fiery kick sent the rat flying. He sent a firebolt after it for good measure, but it missed horribly. Someone get him off me! Jack shouted. He had three rats latched onto him, one on each leg and another hanging from the back of his shirt. He killed one with a strike from his axe, but another rushed in to replace it. Short of launching a firebolt at him, there wasn't much Kettle could do to fulfil Jack's request, especially since he was busy with his own problems. The first rat that he'd torched had finally managed to put itself out and was coming for him, angry and burned. Its health at half. Kettle fired another shot at it but missed. Damn it! He stomped at it with flame strike, but the rat skittered out of the way of his boot. It took advantage of his unbalance and leapt at him, sinking its teeth deep into his arm. Its sharp fangs plunged straight through his shirt as if the tough canvas wasn't even there. His shout had come more from surprise than pain, though it definitely didn't feel great having teeth scraping against the bones of your forearm. Kettle slammed a flaming fist into the rat's skull, killing it in an explosion that probably did just as much damage to him as it had to the rat. He dropped to the ground, rolling to extinguish the fire before it could burn through his shirt. By the time he managed to put it out, the battle was over. The system's chime announcing the Stumper's death. Kettle had no idea who'd killed it, nor did he care. The pain from his arm was growing worse and worse the heat from the bite rapidly eclipsing that of his own flames. Shit, venom, it's in the name. Kettle tore at his sleeve, then raised his arm to his mouth, sucking at the wound. His blood tasted sharply metallic, with a foreign tang of acid that must have been from the rat's bite. He spat, then placed his lips on the second puncture as he glanced at his health. It was dropping slowly the green bar in his vision still mostly full. He spat again. Suddenly, the pain from his arm lessened, the fire receding to a dull, smouldering ache as his health bar stopped dropping. Fucking hells, what's that about? I said, don't get bit, pup, said Jax. Kettle looked up to see the scarred man grinning down at him. His scarred face was a ruin of shredded skin and blood. I'm the only one who's allowed to get bit. He offered him a bloody hand, attached to an arm that looked like it had been through a meat grinder. Come on, walk it off. Several hours later, Kettle cursed as a piece of broken glass sliced his hand. He was using a rag to mop up a spilled potion the glass bottle having shattered when it had struck the ground. He lifted the sopping wet rag, the white cloth stained green with potion and with a smear of red under his thumb. He stared at his blood numbly, his head pounding from manner overuse. Hurry, said Elmwood, his voice cracking with panic. Kettle snapped out of it. He got to his feet and hurried over. Elmwood took the rag. Then manoeuvred it over Stone Shield's mouth, wringing out the liquid. Stone Shield spluttered, then gulped it down. Gah, tastes like shit, he said, then spat a bloody glob onto the ground. And I could have done without the glass. Is it going to work? Kettle asked, looking at Stone Shield's twisted leg. The bone was sticking through the skin, and Kettle once more had to look away. They'd moved on from the Guild Square, crossed the river, and had actually been making good progress, until they'd tried taking on a trio of Stumpers at once. They'd felled one of them. But then, Mindy Blades and Jacks had gotten dosed with a lungful of spores. Stone Shield had gotten cornered while protecting them, which ended up with the Stumper smashing him through a house. "'It should be,' said Maharia. "'The potion hasn't been exposed to the air for that long.' We should have brought a healer," Elmwood said for the fifth time. "Dabs this hurts?" growled Stone Shield. "Strain out my damn leg." The potion's trying to ah wait, it's gonna do it on its own. Oh fuck! There was a sickening cracking sound as Stone Shield's knee snapped back into place. Kettle's stomach tried to revolt, but it was Elmwood that vomited. Kettle looked away. Fighting to avoid joining him. Well, I can't say I've seen that happen before, Maria said. She sounded curious, not even slightly disturbed by the sight of blood, in contrast to how she'd reacted to Kettle's slime fighting technique. Maria, Stone Shield wheezed, check on Jax. Kettle, help Mindy. Mindy, Blades, came a weak rasp, followed by a hacking cough. Kettle had gotten back to his feet, but Mindy Blades raised a hand, waving him away. I'm okay. Breathing hurts, but I'm... She stopped, consumed by another fit of coughing. Jax is out, Maria said. She had her finger pressed to the man's neck. His heart is beating, though. He'll be fine. I think it's just healing trance again. Bastard's regeneration is insane. I mean, look at him. There's not a scratch on him. God's damned mushrooms, Stone Shield said, wrapping a cloth around his knee. At least we got the fox. Kettle said, gesturing to the burning building. Belatedly, he realized that the cut on his hand from the glass had healed. The potion? He rubbed the mixture of blood, potion, and mud on his punctured arm, which was still burning slightly, even though it had been hours. We're fucked, Elmwood said, coughing as he pushed himself away from the puddle of his own vomit. Totally fucked. We'll never make it back now. Calm the hells down, Stone Shield said. Summon your damn ant. And somebody drag me away from this fire before I cook. I swear if any of you even think about leaving me here, I'll murder you. Um, problem, Maria said, pointing. Kettle's blood ran cold when he saw what she'd seen. There was an enormous group of coal lurkers headed straight for them, down the street. No, enormous was too small of a word. It looked like every coal lurker in the city had come to play. "'bringing their entire families with them, "'going by the number of broodlings. "'The clitter-clack of their armoured legs grew louder, "'the sounds blending together "'until it sounded like distant rain. "'Then a downpour, "'drowning out the crackling of the burning house. "'I thought fire drove monsters away. "'I guess I was bloody wrong about that. "'Fuck!' "'Elmwood fell back to his knees. "'Oh, dasties. Forgive me for my lack of faith. I'll sing of your glory night and day. I swear it. Please shelter me in your light. Shut the fuck up, Maria shouted, raising her staff horizontally across her head. Summon the damn ent. Kettle, stop gawking and distract them or something. I'm going to drop a frost storm right on us, but I need time. Oh, great. That'll fucking help. Kettle said sarcastically, opening fire on the approaching spider wave. At least I don't have to aim. Debs, there's thousands of them. Stone Shield struggled himself up into a sitting position, then cried out and fell back to the ground. Mindy Blades was up, still coughing and with snot running from her nose, but she had her swords in her hands. I just need 60 seconds, Maria shouted. Well, we're dead then. Kettle said, launching another firebolt. Jack suddenly gasped, sitting up. He took one look at the oncoming horde, then started to laugh. What the depths did I miss? Jacks was still laughing when the spider things swarmed over them. It didn't seem very funny to Kettle. He screwed his eyes shut and flailed about wildly, calling fire to his fists. And rolling on the ground, trying to smash the spiders to pulp. He felt the sharp pinpricks of their legs tearing into him, and the wet, sucking pressure of their sucker mouths as they latched onto his skin. He didn't scream. Screaming would just let them get down his throat. Flame strike! Flame strike! Flame strike! Kettle was completely focused on the burning interface in his mind as he fought to keep the panic at bay. His manner was burning away the white bar that represented his reserves being consumed by fire with each cast. Likewise, his green health bar was crumbling to ash, as spiders attached themselves to him faster than he could remove them. He could feel the blood being drained from his body, even as his skin crisped from the heat of his own flames. Summon Lesser end, Elwood shrieked, his shrill cry cutting through the clacking din and Jack's continuing laughter. No, you fucks! Flame strike! Flame strike! I ain't dying like a coward! Flame strike! The last sliver of Kettle's mana bar vanished in a puff of smoke, and he had to fight to stay conscious. He wasn't sure if one of the monsters had stabbed its armoured leg into his brain, or if the excruciating agony was just from the mana usage. Burning smoke filled his lungs, rank with the scent of burning hair, blood and shit. He couldn't breathe. The heat was overwhelming. Still, he didn't stop fighting. He tore the spiders away, ripping out what felt like huge chunks of his flesh in the process. Ah, balls! His health had dropped down to a quarter, and he could feel the strength draining from his limbs. Suddenly, a howling wind filled the air. There was a thunderous crack and an explosion of kill notifications filled his mind with fire, even as his body was pelted by freezing sleet. Maharia's voice reverberated through the air, seeming to come from the maelstrom itself. Frost storm! Jack's laughter was the last thing that Kettle heard, before the fire in his mind extinguished, along with his consciousness. Congratulations! Rain's voice said, you died. Welcome to the club, someone said, a voice that Kettle didn't know. He opened his eyes fighting against the light and the disorientation. Rain was there and the man from the fells, and what was clearly a divine messenger, her beautiful face lit by the brilliant smoke that was flowing from her skin. Where am I? That light? Heaven, Dasty's? Elmwood, actually. I'm dead, he shouted, trying to sit up. He didn't make it very far. The moment his head lifted from the ground, he was struck by a gut wrenching bout of vertigo and a spike of pain that made him abort the attempt. Rain laughed, sounding relieved, as he hugged the divine messenger. He's fine. What? The clouds were spinning in the sky, and his thoughts felt sluggish and snarled. Why is Rain here? That was close, the divine messenger said, smiling compassionately at Rain as he released her. We got to him just in time, Kettle blinked as the light faded, realizing that it was just the same spell Rain was always using, though the luminous smoke had been behaving slightly differently. The woman's face also wasn't as divine as it seemed. She was beautiful, yes but it was an earthly beauty. I think I'm in love, he said, stupidly staring at her. Does this happen to you a lot, Amelia? The man from the fells asked. All the time, she said, sounding suddenly tired. Here, Kettle, Rain said, sweeping off his thick black cloak and heading toward him. Looks like you need my cloak again. Oh, but I'm not cold. Oh. Looking down, Kettle had noticed that he was completely naked, his body lying bare on the dirt. He looked back up, his face heating as Rain covered him with the fabric. It were the frost storm, I swear! The man from the fell snorted, then turned and walked away. Uh Uh-huh, Amelia said, turning to Rain. I'm going to go fix the others. They'd probably be fine, but I'm not waiting for Wallace." Sooner is better than later with healing. Thanks, Amelia, Rain said. I don't know what I'd have done without you, he glared at Kettle, then jerked his head toward her. Say thank you, idiot, he hissed. Thank you, Kettle said woodenly. The clouds were still spinning. I'm really alive.